Welcome to Passion Fruits, a passion project for passionate people. I'm your country fried steak, Daniel. That's not a fruit at all. <laughs> we've gotten even, we've gotten even past vegetables. <laughs> all right. Well, this uh, this amorphous headless blob that's speaking into your ear holes right now. What? I am. I don't know. I am your juniper berry joker, Adam. Ah, oh, God. <laughs> yes. Oh. Anyways, so well, yes, welcome to Passion Fruits, everyone. Thank you for tuning in this evening, or this yes. morning, or this afternoon, or <laughs> this on this our, commute. This is our evening radio show we do. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> Delilah. <laughs> Anyways, well, Daniel, uh, tell us a little bit about what Passion Fruits is and uh, what, what we do here on this cast of pods. <laughs> sure. Passion Fruits is a podcast where in each episode we discuss something that we are passionate about, something that our guests are passionate about, how we just become or our guests become super, super fans, super fanatics for whatever topic we're discussing tonight or today or whenever you listen to it. And yeah, we're trying to kind of trying to study and determine how one goes from a fan to a fanatic here on Passion Fruits Podcast. The cast of pods. <laughs> it sounds like a Game of Thrones type thing. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Cast of pods, Passion <laughs> Fruits, cast of pods. <laughs> That's the theme song, right? I stopped watching after season whatever when it caught up to the book, so I'm a true fan. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> anyways, as we get right back on track, Daniel. What are we talking about today? Why are we conversing via, via the Zooms? Yes. So today we are going to be getting into a discussion about, and it sounds super broad when we start talking about it right now, but we're going to get into a discussion about Americana and folk music as kind of a two-part, three-part series. Who knows how many parts? Maybe 12-part? Yeah, maybe... Maybe this will just become an Americana and folk music podcast. But yes, we are going to talk about Adam's passion and love for Americana and folk music and kind of what that means to him and his uh, heart. Yes, deep, deep in my heart. <laughs> deep, deep in your heart. It's, it's actually my new Americana uh, song coming out. Deep, deep in my heart. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> It's all mouth sounds. There are no instruments. It's just Adam doing that. (laughs) Hey, you know what? It's the it's the next. It's the new wave of Amer of uh, Americana or folk music is uh, is acapella Americana. Please no. Yes. Yeah, so no why don't, ever, no, you, no, you, no. You, you really need to hear me. You really need to hear me play the steel guitar via my mouth with your mouth. <laughs> Anyway, let's hop into Passion Fruitspedia. Okay. Um, and before Adam starts going off on whatever <laughs> he's talking about with his mouth, and kind of delve into a, because as we said before, Americana and folk music is very broad, but let's kind of get a surface level explanation of Americana and folk music. Adam, sure. would you like to talk about it a little bit? Of course. So the term American folk music or or what is broad, kind of a little, a little bit broadly known as kind of Americana these days. And I'd say Americana is a little bit more of a, a modern term, would, mm. you, would you say? I think um, so. I, we, we would have to fact check ourselves on that. 
But don't anyways, call up Braxton. We don't need that. Oh, we don't need that asshole at all. on oh, the podcast. <laughs> um, so the term American folk music uh, encompasses numerous musical genres, various uh, kind of variously known as traditional music, traditional folk music, contemporary folk music, or roots music. Yes. And one thing that our uh, Passion Fruitspedia information says is that there a lot of times these trace these these family this family of music traces its origins back to Europe or Africa and uh, it's it's essentially what they call roots music is a very broad category of music including bluegrass gospel old timey jug bands which you know hell yeah <laughs> yeah and, you know Appalachian folk Cajun music Native American music so on and so forth yeah um, it is music considered American either because it is native to the United States or because it developed there out of foreign origins to such, to, to such a degree that it struck musicologists <laughs> as something distinctly new. <laughs> this is Adam reads the internet. <laughs> yes, it is fascinating. So there is there. If, if we pull that, if we dissect that last one, mm. I, I, I think, from in my mind, like Americana, and we have a whole definition around Americana, but America, Americana is defined more as the contemporary side of American mm. folk music. So it incorporates a lot of acoustic instruments and American root styles, but um, you know, Americana also uses kind of a full electric band. So it's not pure folk or pure bluegrass, but incorporates a little bit of everything. I think for the purposes of this podcast at least for what we talk about today in today's episode is we are going to without a doubt blur the lines between a lot of these different bands mm, and a lot of these like, different um, styles robin thick blurred lines <laughs> you really had to reach for that one didn't you daniel I completely forgot the name <laughs> i was gonna say alan thick which is his dad so <laughs> uh, uh, I, I think the reason I wanted to talk about it, not just because I really enjoy folk music, Americana, whatever, whatever you make of it, it's the, I'd say, growing popularity it has between contemporaries. Because it used to be kind of, for lack of a better term, hick music, essentially, mm. like really like roots, bluegrass type, like beginnings of pop country music, essentially. So you're wanting to kind of focus more today on the bluegrass side of Americana folk music? Yeah, I mean... Because, I mean, like, the, the definition we've given is so broad and it just... I mean, because Americana and, I mean, folk music could be considered blues music and jazz and, I mean, even yeah. rock and roll. So it's it's difficult to kind of pin... I mean almost all American music is just Americana music, but it, yeah. getting into the subsets of bluegrass and acoustic folk music, that's what you're kind of wanting to discuss. And that's, it seems like that's where your passion has kind of, yeah. Yeah. I, where I, it lays. I, I definitely say that. So that, that's, um, and from, in my opinion, like we, we can just talk about, how I started listening to this type of music because mm. I'd say it's probably a little bit atypical for, you know, American kids at least to be listening to this type of music, especially at the age I started listening to it. Yeah. 
and versus like your your more kind of contemporary pop music or country pop or rock and roll even. Right. Um, but I I also I said we'll get into this in the the Coca Corner and the Why I Heart whatever genre this we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, fill fill in the gaps there, Daniel, because you are a music major. Oh you're yeah, you're a music major. But no, tr- <laughs> truthfully, like you, you have a better sense of. I am terrible at discerning different genres in between a broader, a broader overhead genre. Like if we talk metal music, I'm yes. like, oh, if this is like you know black metal versus goth metal versus you know aluminum metal. <laughs> and, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> and really, Adam is just talking about different Limp Biscuit albums. So <laughs> he's like, this is. <laughs> This is black metal, right? I did it all for the nookie. And Adam, you need to stop going around saying I did it all for the nookie. We're in a different era now, okay? Are there ways that you would further define the, I guess, given the playlist that I gave you, yeah. like how, would, how you would narrow that down into a certain genre, if you will? I would kind of call the playlist that you gave me. So a lot of what Adam has made, and of course we'll make this playlist public if Adam's okay with that. Because I, I certainly know folk music. And after kind of listening to your playlist, Adam, it made me go back to some of the, I don't know if I would call it folk music, but more acoustic style folk music that I've listened to before. So I'm no real kind of stranger to, and even bluegrass, I've seen several bluegrass act uh live and listen to their albums and stuff um but what adam has provided in the playlist was uh kind of introducing me and introducing the world to his passion for allison kraus and the and union station so kind of the music that adam put on the playlist and that we'll be talking about i guess first is the i would call it kind of bluegrass country and that's what I'll make what we can talk about with the distinction between some of the songs, like the more modern bluegrass or more modern country songs that we have on the playlist. But yeah, I mean, this is the Allison Krauss and Union Station is using traditional American, well, excuse me, traditional folk instruments, um, acoustic guitar, banjo, upright bass. Uh, mandolin, something that you'd see um, really in a bluegrass band. And I mean, uh, heck, Adam, even R.E.M. used a mandolin in several songs. So (laughs) they're bluegrass and country. But yeah, that's kind of what I would call it as is the Allison Krauss's bluegrass country music. the, The common strand among all of these songs is this really strong sense of storytelling within a song. Yes. Um, and I'd say that's what one big thing for me that differentiates is this very, is this, it's not, um, and it's making this, this, the songs and the music are making a statement, but a lot of it's just uh, passing down or different stories from generation to, to generation to generation. And, and once again, tying the music more towards a story as opposed to, I'd say a lot of the music that I listen to other than folk music is um, tying, you know, writing lyrics after you write the music. Does that right. Make sense? Yeah. No, and totally. And that's kind of, I, I'll, well, we can swing back to it later because the folk and country music, country, the folk and bluegrass and country music that I'll usually listen to is more of the traditional kind of 
folk music where there is a story. Like Mm -hmm. I I wasn't, you know, I, I'm certain I heard some of his songs before he passed recently, but I never really listened to much John Prine until Mm -hmm. we kind of got into this episode or this playlist and kind of his passing made me go to his music and that kind of, well, and of course, Dolly Parton and kind of the classics that you know from country music, that traditional country is just telling stories versus kind of the pop country where it's, but let's talk about that kind of when we get into the modern songs that you put on the playlist, because um, let's kind of dive into Coco Corner, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. So my, I would say that I actually started off um, not really liking folk music as much, like pure bluegrass. Uh, but, and, and, and that may have been uh, uh, me being the outright contrarian and rebel that I am. Hell yeah. <laughs> I just don't, I didn't, I grew up not liking tradition, or I'd say I grew up not liking country music. Gotcha. Um, and so I think that extended into, you know, I wouldn't say disdain, but but just not preferring bluegrass, essentially mm. just like the really kind of country-esque uh, acoustic music. Mm. But on the other side, I grew up listening to a folk singer, uh, storyteller, John McCutcheon. You heard of him? I believe so, yeah. So there are, I, I don't think I really recognize just how talented he is until, mm. Um, many, many, many years later, but like he's like very wholesome music, very funny music. Um, but he is known as one one of the great storytellers within yeah. this kind of realm, and he's just done these, you know, these these you know, hundred not hundreds, but many, many albums, and just a very talented musician at the same time. So I grew up listening to John McCutcheon, and that's where kind of I really hadn't a growing appreciation for acoustic instruments and what talent looks like when it comes to just playing instruments and then layering on the singing songwriting and storytelling on top of that. So that's where I started. And actually, if you would allow me, I'd like to actually to play one of the first songs that I remember as a very young boy growing up. I'm not going to allow you. Sorry. (laughs) JK, JK Simmons. <laughs> so this is a song called Happy Adoption Day by John McCutcheon. And it's it's uh so on my sister and I's adoption days, my parents would always play this. And we would actually always we went to see John McCutcheon whenever he came through the area and we'd always request it because the second half of his shows are always just audience requests. So cool. we'd always request it and he'd always play it. So anyways. Oh, that's so nice. That's so sweet, Adam. I can't make fun of you at all this episode. <laughs> <laughs> So, John, and I'll talk over the music a little bit, um, if that's okay, Daniel. Yes. Can you turn it up just a little bit? Who could have seen? Who could have possibly known? All these roads we have traveled, the places we've been. Let's shout it hip hip. I'm actually going to skip forward just a little bit. Got it. Had a choice, we were working and waiting for you. And it's news to you and three cheers to you. Let's shout it, hip, 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 hooray. For out of a world so tight. 
scattered and torn. You came to our house on that wonderful morn. And all of a sudden, this family was born. Oh, happy adoption day. I'm going to pause it there. But there, one... I, that that song always makes me a little bit uh, uh, emotional because it, it is it's this really beautiful song. I highly yeah. recommend our listeners listen to it. Yeah. But it's obviously John had a backup singer singing there with him because this is out of one of his studio albums. But he plays the piano, the guitar, the banjo, um, the electric harp, or the auto harp. Mm, cool. So it's 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 like it's a handheld electronic auto harp, and he's just phenomenal at it. Yeah. Um, he plays the hammer mountain dulcimer, which cool. is this gorgeous instrument too. Yeah. Um, the fiddle, and he's the the other thing too is you know he's he's won six Grammy awards for his music. So, anyways, all that all that aside, it was just yeah. once again it kind of started on this appreciation for acoustic music, um, storytelling, and once again, just his, his very funny presence. I remember um, when the internet first started becoming big. <laughs> Boy, he, howdy. <laughs> no, he, he was one of the first to put um, audio tracks up as MP3s on his website. Oh, cool. And he always made this joke with... Uh, uh, at his concerts for like you know four or five years, he goes. Clearly, the internet's huge within the folk music communities because he owns www.folkmusic.com. <laughs> right, <laughs> and, and and he always made that joke. He goes, clearly, you know, this is this is big stuff because I got folkmusic.com. <laughs> Seriously, God. <laughs> um, anyways, so it was it was that and that really was sustained me from like a folk music standpoint for, for the long, for a long amount of time. And then my dad, who is a very big music aficionado of all genres, mm. he really, he and mom really like Allison Cross and Union Station and Nickel Creek. And so gotcha. we would listen to those out, you know, that those bands all the time in the house. And once again, you know, we would go to bluegrass festivals over in West Virginia, bluegrass festivals in other parts of the Shenandoah Valley. And now that's really brought me to, I'd say, after college, exploring more Americana folk bluegrass and coming up with other, you know, finding other bands such as the infamous String Dusters, Lonesome River Band, um, Chris, uh, Chris Thiele, who mm-hmm. is the host of A Prairie Home Companion now, yeah. formerly a member of Nickel Creek and you know has his own um band the punch brothers and then also these these wonderful tangents and offshoots to that and then kind of wrapping it all up with a hometown band called the steel wheels who've become so popular that they tour nationally and they have their own uh music festival in harrisonburg virginia or in in harrisonburg virginia that sells out every single year yeah so it's this once again, i think it's this wonderful build from a uh once again kind of just dancing around in my you know parents living room to this much, much larger genre of music and then seeing younger artists coming up and seeing the music continued and not just Mm. a bunch of old white people kind of strumming banjos on the stage, but really contemporary artists that are bringing in uh, their own influences as well. Nice. So, and I mean, in college, 
I'm sure you were listening to, were, is that when you were really getting into kind of bluegrass or were you kind of still on the edges of it? I'd say I was still on the edges of that. Um, gotcha. If there's anyone, it was the, it was Nickel Creek and uh, Allison Cross. And I still, those are two of the biggest bands I've listened to. Yeah, period. of course. And, well, and, you know, once again, the playlist I gave you was, nine i'd say 80 percent allison cross right and then another five percent you know nickel creek yeah yeah cool yeah because i mean kind of like how we talked about in the rem episode and queens of the stone age episodes you know we've known each other for about 50 years now um so we and we you look you look great by the way so do you and you know i I track every single day. I send you a text. I'm like, okay, what are your favorite bands today? And you give me a long list. I write that down in my dream journal and then I come up with some dreams and then, and then I ask, yes, and then you dream it. <laughs> right. And then I ask the next day, what are your favorite bands today? So I've tracked like day by day, your entire life, like what bands you're into. So it's interesting seeing, you know, uh, <laughs> we graduated from college, you know, 35 years ago, you know, seeing that, um, kind of that stages of what your life is like and just i'm just proud of the young man you've turned into oh thank you daniel because i mean we are vampires that people keep forgetting that, that we we're are. vampires so uh we have seen the rise and fall of the roman civilizations and um such a tragedy those roman <laughs> those roman yeah. civilizations not as much as the as as the greek civilizations much no. more of a tragedy there definitely definitely um <laughs> but the rise and fall of sparta oof, that was that was interesting yeah, yeah. i wish you great... would stop saying this is sparta that meme is old now <laughs> <laughs> yeah at least a thousand years yeah i was gonna old, say thousands of years old now. <laughs> uh adam invented the movie 300 <laughs> we invented memes. Thank you very much. Yeah, we did. So yeah, let's uh, keep talking about Rome. Um, of course, founded by Romulus and Remus, as we talked about in our Roma episode. Excuse me, our AS Roma episode. Um, yeah, they were kind of focused, you know, one of the major things that the Romans did was create flowing water to their city with their aqueducts. And um, we still seem to have trouble giving people clean water in America today. Boom! Hashtag oh. political. <laughs> well, we're going to have to put a warning on this episode. Yeah. It's just <laughs> incendiary. Hot takes inside. <laughs> Don't get burned. Uh, all right. Enough fiddly farting around. Did you want to play some music, Adam? We can, we can. So I, I, I'd actually be interested to hear as before we step completely out of Cocoa Corner. Yes. I would be interested to hear your experience with bluegrass or Americana or just any of this kind of uh, pseudo genre that we're talking okay. about. Yeah, and this is where kind of like the genre of Americana and folk music, and I guess not really bluegrass because bluegrass is kind of pretty specific where it all kind of blurs together and blends together. My relationship with bluegrass, uh, you know, I'll listen to it in the car. I'll listen to it when I'm working and stuff. Uh, and I've seen Steep Canyon Rangers in Asheville, and I've seen a couple other bluegrass acts in Asheville. And growing up, I definitely was taken to some bluegrass concerts growing up, but as we talked about in our Metallica and Queens of the Stone Age episodes, I've been more focused on riff rock music for the first 75% of my life. But kind of around in law school was when I really started to 
branch out into, I don't know if you would call it folk music, but more like acoustic style music. Yeah. Um, Like I love the band Deer Tick, which is more acoustic based. I don't know if you would call them folk music, but really got into like, and this is like mainstream folk music, like Bon Iver and Fleet Foxes and uh, Deer Tick. Um, And that kind of led me down to some other getting into more country stuff like Alison Krauss and Emmylou Harris and uh, Dolly Parton and Willie Nelson and even going back to some of the music I grew up with because one of the songs you put on your playlist is Mumford and Sons covering Simon and Garfunkel's The Boxer. Mm -hmm. Um, And my my parents love, my mom especially loved Simon and Garfunkel and we listened to you know, their albums all the time when I was growing up. So going back to that, um, rediscovering kind of classic American folk music, but I haven't really been on the bluegrass train for very long and um, hope to get a peek into your bluegrass experience with Alison Krauss so I can um, continue riding that train, you know? Nice. Choo-choo, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, God. So before we... This is, I, I would love to take you through at least a p- part of the playlist and get your... Yeah get your opinions on it. But before that, let's take a quick break. Okay. Hear a word from, we'll hear a word from our glorious sponsors and we'll, uh, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Today's episode is sponsored by the United States Postal Service, one of the, large, one of the largest civilian employers in the United States behind the federal government and Walmart. So for all you idiots who want to get rid of the Postal Service, think about that before you want to defund it. First of all, <laughs> um, did you know that the USPS delivers some 660 million pieces of mail to as many as 142 million delivery points? It is also self-funded. It has a, and the only reason that it appear, appears to run a deficit is because it has to fund its pension plan 70 years in advance. How about that for wanting to privatize our, our national package of mail delivery services, huh? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that went a little bit off the rails. But anyways... The United States Postal Service provides a wonderful and essential point of keeping our country running Um, from everything from uh, delivering books to other packages and other essential pieces of mail, including junk mail, and most importantly, the ability to vote. So think about that. Anyways, so we appreciate appreciate the Postal Service's uh, wonderful service here at Passion Fruits. That was an amazing pre-recorded ad. <laughs> I really like you yelling. <laughs> Think about that for a second. You're really abusive towards our listeners. And our episode today is sponsored by, whoa, we've got a guest in the studio. Uh, could you say your name? I'm Dusty Butter, and I want y'all to come on down to Dusty Butter's Feed Bag, where you can get a, a feed bag slapped onto your face and eat all the country fried steak that you could ever want. <laughs> oh, wow. Your name is Dusty Butter? Yes, it's I, my mama when she had me had the butter out for too long, and it was Dusty, and that's how I got my name. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, we're talking about bluegrass in this episode today. Do you play any instruments? Yes, I do, young whippersnapper. Why don't you try this song for size, you little asshole? I'm a man of constant sorrow. 
uh, I, I asked if he played any instruments. That's not an instrument. If you don't think that your voice is an instrument, then you're a little shithead. <laughs> God damn it. Why are you being so mean? We invited you to advertise Dusty Butter's feedback restaurant and um, drink emporium we do serve drinks nice cocktails all right well get out of here come on get out and we're back we're back thank you um thank you for listening to those sponsors and for buying their products (laughs) (laughs) we get a an 80 percent cut out of every product that that you buy from them so yeah, really, I have to. I have to hand it to Adam. He did a very good job negotiating the contract. Eighty percent, whew, and points. I don't know what that means, but I like to say it. <laughs> the the points are kind of like shrewd bucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah. Let's listen to some music. Yeah, let's do it. So, I, I'd love to start off with just the. Uh, the Allison Cross songs, but as you went through, were there any songs that stuck out to you that you liked, didn't like ones that you appreciated, didn't appreciate so on and so forth? Yeah. So kind of the songs that really stuck out to me were the um, more traditional Allison Cross songs with, mm-hmm. um, and the, like the kind of the Emmy Lou Harris song that you have on the playlist. I would say, Adam, I still don't know how you're not like a fan of more jam bands because some of this bluegrass, especially the live live stuff, is just like bluegrass jam banding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Choctaw Hayride. I very much enjoyed that song. I love that that song. Of course, Men of Constant Sorrow, Man of Constant yeah. Sorrow, um, classic from everywhere that you see. What's that? Oh, brother, where art thou? Yeah. So so let's do this. Let's talk. Let's listen to Choctaw Hayride. Okay. Just a little clip. we fade out from that so i think the the neat thing about that song is it's purely an acoustic song like there there are no lyrics to it and it is daniel like just uh an acoustic uh folk jam band essentially yeah but i think the 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 amazing thing about that and this brings up a a a couple points i want to make about why i really love this genre of music is that everyone on that stage so this this uh this live rendition comes from the album live with Allison Cross and Union Station. Um, and what it r- really, and I've actually been able to see some like the DVD, like video, uh, video um, yeah. recordings of this. And when you look at all the credentials going down of everyone who's standing on that stage, everyone is arguably one of the best, if not the best 
musician for that instrument in the world. And so yeah. you had this like, uh, what is essentially a, a super group <laughs> standing up on that stage. But from a live perspective, I actually prefer a lot of their live sound to the recorded sound. And they're, I, I put this in the outline, but it's like the anti-autotune movement. And yeah. they're, they're few, if any computers used to manipul- manipulate sound, especially live, um, but just how tight they are like incredibly yeah. tight. I mean, I think you and I talked about this with some of the metal bands that we listened to, but it really impresses upon me how the musicality and the musicianship is completely dependent upon them knowing not just their own parts, but everyone else's parts and how, how it works into the greater song. Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of going back to the passion for its PDM or section talking about folk music and bluegrass and stuff like all of that spawned out of people. Cause of course, you know, recorded music wasn't available until the early 1900s. And then it was just massive wax cylinders that you could listen to. So this kind of American folk music grew out of people playing instruments, singing songs and entertaining each other, like in a live setting, but, you know, doing it for smaller fam, doing it for their families. So it's almost like you couldn't be a bad (laughs) musician if you wanted to entertain your family. I mean, they couldn't like, (laughs) it's like, yeah. Oh, Johnny's really shitty at guitar, but he keeps playing. And like, I wish you would shut up. Like it's, it's harder to hide mistakes and hide flubs in Mm -hmm. this genre since it's all acoustic like yeah i mean you can do like you have in the um outline you can do a lot of kind of computer manipulation even for live stuff but with acoustic stuff it's kind of much harder to do that but Yeah. yeah i think that choctaw hayride is just a lot of fun and got me bouncing when i was listening to it <laughs> yeah and like uh i remember when i was playing in a, a brass quintet oh hell yeah because i'm super cool <laughs> you know what are adam, adam i think our listeners <laughs> listening to this podcast knew from the very first word we said that we were super cool both of this us true. i don't That's know why, why i need to keep reminding everyone yeah, but, you know. the coolest people have podcasts right <laughs> <laughs> like so our, the music teacher who kind of orchestrated the the quintet um he would always say you know you all need to be very technically proficient and play well but he goes you he goes use your eyes to like understand where people are in the song and that was the thing when i was watching the live renditions of this on youtube your favorite multimedia platform daniel yes you know you could see all of them looking at each other constantly right and that was like this really cool was like oh okay like you know professional musicians do it as well let's let's do this let's play i am a man of constant sorrow because i actually think that's going to be a song that a lot of our non-regular listeners recognize yeah totally Where I 
Good old man of constant sorrow. Adam was, of course, air banjoing. And I think (laughs) this is our first time during uh, remote recording that I've seen Adam's face. Adam, were you also like air hiking and air backpacking and air biking during our other recordings? (laughs) Adam just air air stuff. He's so cool. (laughs) Very. We've already established that, Daniel. Well, yeah. Very, very cool. Um, so for those who don't know where the origin of that song come from, came from, is it's, it's an old song, isn't it? Um, I but believe so. Yeah. Maybe. The, uh, I don't know. Remember, we're uh, not experts. Please, uh, God, we're not experts. <laughs> <laughs> Foo Fighters is a six-piece band, not a five-piece. <laughs> so apparently, according to uh, Wick, the uh, Passion Fruitspedia, it was originally published uh, back in 1913. Oh my God. And an early version was recorded in 1928 uh, uh, for its like for, in its original original iteration. Mm. But people may most notably know it from the movie uh, "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?" Which old Clune Dog, old good old Clune Dog, and that so "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?" was released back in 2000. And I think I, I, you've seen the movie, haven't you? Daniel? Yes, 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 yes. And for those who don't know it, it's this uh, film set in the midst of the Great Depression, and it's a satirical story loosely based on the, uh, Homer's The Odyssey. Uh, so it's like this interesting juxtaposition of the, the story of the Odyssey put up against this uh, you know, backdrop of you know, rural Mississippi in the 1930s. Yeah. And in that movie, that movie won... Oh, it was lauded from a critical standpoint. I don't know if it won any Oscars or anything, but you're all about the awards, Adam. I know, but you like that brass, (laughs) that hardware. (laughs) But you know, it starred George Clooney, uh, Mm. John Turturro, Tim Blake Nelson, Mm. uh, John Goodman, just Holly Hunter. All these like really big name actors and actresses uh, came together, and it it highlighted this kind of Americana folk music type genre. Which I thought was really cool. Not that bluegrass and country needed to come to the mainstream, but kind of put it in a modern Hollywood movie and possibly introduced more people to Alison Krauss and Union Station. Because, of course, in the movie, that's Union Station singing the song. Yeah. Um, Um, Dan Tominski, the guitarist and vocalist on that that song, um, was on NPR right uh, right after the movie came out. And I can't remember who, who, whomever was interviewing Dan asked him, he go, well, what does your wife think about, you know, George Clooney getting, getting all the credit for singing, uh, singing a man of constant sorrow. And Dan's response was, he goes, my wife loves it. It's my, it's my voice coming out of George Clooney's face. How could you not love that? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so um, I, I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, but I think it brings to light to me, Mm. Um, kind of Allison Cross and Union Stations, their 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 talent and how critically acclaimed. And here we get back to the that metal that uh, uh, that hardware, if you will. Yeah. But Allison Cross has uh, twenty seven Grammy awards, mm. nominated forty two times. She is the most awarded singer and the most awarded female artist in Grammy history. Crazy, and that. 
1991 was her first Grammy Award, and she was the second youngest winner uh, at the time to win a Grammy Award. And I just think it, it, it goes to show, once again, kind of the talent inherent in the genre itself and how it's not just a bunch of hicks kind of strumming on a you know, three-string <laughs> three guitar. Right. It could be a bunch of hicks and hillbillies doing that, but yeah. sometimes the hicks and hillbillies um, – make it to the big show there we go going off kind of like since the a lot of the music that you provided is from the one album mm-hmm. um live from something spotify isn't telling me um it's just a lot like the album is literally just live I gotcha think. live from the louisville palace are you so are you listen more to the live tracks than the studio recordings it's 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 i'd say it's half and half Gotcha. The, this album is just widely regarded as one of the better compilations of all their live, uh, uh, of, of kind of the live renditions of their of their songs. So gotcha. I listen to it a lot. It's an easy listen. You know, you're an album guy. Yeah, um, hell yeah. I can I can put on this album, just listen to it straight through, and mm. be like, yeah. And it's neat too because you hear all the different kind of murmurings and like uh, conversations between the band and and with the audience at the same time. Uh, so it's, it's neat to hear hear them kind of uh, uh, kind of banter about, if you will. Yeah, you get kind of that um, energy from the audience that you would get in like a live setting, exactly. but on a recording that you can listen to at any point. Yes, energy on demand. It's like Red Bull. <laughs> Sponsor for the episode today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what else? What else would you like to play for us today? Um, so, so one song I'll, I'll mention, but I won't play because it's a really long song and it takes a while to get into it. But the boy who wouldn't hoe corn, I oh, love yeah. the song. It's a hilarious story too. Yeah, um, a little bit sad, but but funny well. at the same time. <laughs> but it, that, that's a song that really emphasizes there's a big lesson behind, but uh, uh, behind the story, and. Yeah, so I highly recommend people listen to it. I would like to play Dust Bowl Children, which is not off the live album. Is that all right, Daniel? Yeah, of course. Okay. Please, Adam. God, you, thank you for asking permission. But yes, <laughs> please go ahead. My father's name was a Hannibal. Mama was a Hannah Mariah. Everything we own got all burned up in the Great Depression fire. Straight one crop farming, drain the green earth dry. We lost it all, only love was left, and that was one thing mommy can't buy. We're all dust bowl children. Oof. The song gives me chills. <laughs> yeah, that's a good um, one. Yeah, and uh, sorry, did, any commentary on, on, on that one? Oh no, I really enjoyed that song. Um, one of the ones I had in my notes, uh, one again that kind of hit me. And it's just, it's the the stories that they're telling in the songs. I mean, it's all yeah. nothing I've dealt with in my life. I'm not a <laughs> dust bowl child, <laughs> but they're the, especially Alison Krauss and Union Station. They're very good at transporting the listeners into the character they've created in this story or the setting they've created in their story that's in their song. Yeah. Um, and I enjoy that. What uh, what would you like to say about the song? No, I, the, uh, you hit the nail on the head, if you will. Thanks. Um, but yeah, it, it's. Uh, I actually think that's the opening. It's the first, or the second, all first or second song 
on their album paper airplane and it's it just it hits really well you know anything you know what i'd say a, a pattern that you and i have seen is hmm. uh identifying songs that kick off an album really really well it kind of oh, sets yeah. the tone for rest for the rest of the album this is one of those that i really enjoy because because of that hell yeah yeah and then you know you just hear like dan Tominsky is an amazing vocalist in my opinion you know hmm. Oh yeah, great, great guitarist, amazing vocalist, and he—you really feel, I'd say, almost just as much, if not better, than Allison Cross. Kind of the pain mm-hmm. that comes through when when singing the when singing the lyrics, and it just it it, it hits you, man, it hits you, it hits you real hard. <laughs> well, that's interesting because he has like his she uh, kind of the traditional country and folk singers have that twang and we can kind of get into that when we get into the modern singers and artists but his is kind of like almost like a plaintive twang almost wail like when he holds that long note for when he's singing dust bowl children Mm -hmm. it's almost like a wail that gets to that frequency that gives people chills so yeah i totally get it bro yeah yeah um can we kind of going off what you talked about so was Dust Bowl Children, was that an original song of theirs? Do you know? Uh, let me, a lot of their songs aren't necessarily originals. It might be actually. Because that's something that's kind of interesting and maybe we can talk about it with some of the modern country folk music, bluegrass music. But like a lot of, because the, there are so many like traditional folk music, like folk music standards that have just been passed down through generations um, that I sometimes feel like it's almost harder for these kind of bands to play, like have an original song become as popular as some of these traditional songs because Mm -hmm. their fans like know and have like heard multiple versions of this traditional song. The traditional songs are traditional songs that, every country music every folk music artist knows and knows how to play i wonder if it's difficult as a folk music artist to break through with your own originals without having a couple covers of traditional songs that you can play um especially since the fan base kind of skews to the older group but sorry go ahead no i i I agree and that's actually something that i've found very interesting so i just found an article saying that um peter rowan Mm-hmm. Um, was uh, wrote the song and which was originally a title track of a 1990 solo album, mm-hmm. and Cross uh, Cross decided to cover it in their in their album Paper Airplane, and I think it it brings to light maybe maybe this is a bad analogy, but like sampling and hip hop, mm-hmm. um, but really taking the essence of a song and uh, putting a new spin on it. So it's like the uh, folk music version of a remix. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I find that it's very, very common um, in this in this genre, much more so. I, I think whereas if it were done in the metal scene or the rock scene, people would call it derivative. Yeah. Whereas in this, it's more paying tribute to like, really, you know, great artists of the past or, I mean, a lot of these songs, a lot of the folk songs at least are really, and no one's going to, you know, get on someone for like, oh, that's my song. What, how dare you copy it kind of thing, as opposed to, wow, they did a really great version of that song he, out of the hundreds of versions of that. It's one of my favorites kind of thing. 
Gotcha. Interesting. So that's my perspective, at least. So uh, that is, that's very much for, for me. Um, I'd, I'd say at this point, I'd love to start moving away from Alison Cross and looking at a little bit, some of the other artists, like the, you know, didn't leave nothing but the baby, the song by Emily Harris. Yeah. And then looking at some of the other artists that have, that are on the, that are on the playlist. But I, I did want to put it in, in the sense of like Alison Cross and Union Station are still my kind of that, that, uh, uh, that control group, mm. if you will, for me. So it's my it's my comfort zone. Going, sorry, before we go ahead, nope, um, kind of what I saw, and of course, again, because they're kind of traditional songs and traditional music, but going off what I saw you had in the playlist, there are a lot of kind of religious-themed songs, like Down to the River to Pray. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're always talking about Jesus and God. Do you find more of that in the music that you're listening to with folk and bluegrass and stuff or with the modern music do you find that modern folk musicians have kind of strayed away from the path of jesus if you will i don't know if i can speak to that like on a broad basis just because my, i'd say say my scope of the of the artists I listen to is still fairly narrow. Like I'm gotcha. discovering new bands every single day. Gotcha. Um, I think it's uh, at least for, for Allison Cross and Union Station. And if this hits back on the, on what we were just talking about, as far as covers, if you will, is, you know, you really, you know, most of these folk songs were, you know, you know, prayers at, at prayers at times and all, all, and maybe the more contemporary ones are, our kind of contemporary artists or younger artists are, are moving away from it. But I, I, yeah, I don't have the statistics in front of me to say yes or no one way or the other. Well, I'll expect that statistics report on my desk tomorrow morning. So <laughs> maybe, maybe I, I will say it doesn't bother me as someone who is not as religious as probably one's parents would love him to be. Um, <laughs> but they d- still d- love you. Don't worry. No. They, tell, they tell me every night. <laughs> oh, oh, hold on. Wait a we minute. We still love Adam. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's one of those things where it, it doesn't bother me from, uh, no, from, no, I'm not opposed to it by any stretch of the imagination. I appreciate music for music's sake. Mm. Um, as long as it's not being hateful, then uh, that's that's where I kind of draw the line. And I, I'd say that the same thing about like um, uh, metal, country, anything, any, anything of the sort. Gotcha. Um, yeah, like the, this Emmylou Harris song, I'd love to play just a little bit of it. Uh, yeah. And this actually came from the Oh Brother Where Art Thou, Oh Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack as well. Go to sleep, you little babe. Go to sleep, you little babe. Go to sleep. Your mama's gone away and your dad's gonna stay. Don't leave nobody but the baby. Go to sleep, you little baby. Go to sleep, you little baby. Go to sleep, you little baby. Everybody's gone in the cotton and the corn. Didn't leave nobody but the baby. It's haunting. It's scary. <laughs> so you know do you remember the scene in a brother art thou yeah um, isn't that like when they're um being tempted by the sirens yeah exactly technically from the odyssey 
Yeah. So that, that was, it's very haunting. And Emily yeah. Harris has an amazing voice. Oh so, yeah, totally. Oof. Yeah. It gives, gives me the chills. Related but, to our, uh, if people didn't go watch the Foo Fighters documentary after <laughs> we talked about the Foo Fighters, she plays, they? well, yeah, of course <laughs> she plays a big role in the episode where Dave Grohl talks with Nashville musicians, yeah. her and a little bit of Willie Nelson and Dolly Parton. Um, but yeah, she's everywhere kind of on that, uh, documentary. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Emmy Lou Harris is in that song in general. You know, I think that that's a big departure from some of the other songs I have in the playlist because it's mm-hmm. all vocals and yeah. a very very simplistic rhythmic beat. But I still think it's one of the strongest songs on the playlist. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, just once again the kind of the quality of the vocals and the simplicity of it pronounces how talented she is. Totally. So, anyways. Um, nice. Noise, 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 noise. <laughs> I wish I wish people in the audience would do that when somebody does a good banjo solo. Noise, noise, yeah. banjo solo. Because <laughs> they're all British people listening to it. <laughs> um, there are a number of other bands that I have on here. So based on the rest of this playlist, like between Sierra Holes, uh, Stuart Duncan, there are a couple different ones I'd like to hit upon. But what did, what did you have in your notes as being as standing out at this point in time, Daniel? Well, Adam, some of them stood out because I didn't enjoy them. Okay. <laughs> like uh, for the – hold up. Let me look at the name. So this is kind of where it got into, and we talked about it earlier, how I really enjoy the songs that have stories in them. Mm-hmm. So the song Julep by Punch Brothers. Yep. <laughs> I wanted to like shoot myself in the face after <laughs> listening to it a couple of times because it's just like, heaven's a julep on the porch. Heaven's a julep on the porch. <laughs> like, okay, we got it. Um it's just very different than the folk and country yeah. and bluegrass music that I would that I would gravitate towards. So can we play just a small clip of it? Sure. save you from the rest of the song i mean and i still like the rhythm is fun and it gets stuck yeah. in my head but he does re- I, I don't know it just didn't catch me as much as the other ones so p- the punch brothers so uh peter uh sorry chris Dealey is definitely on the poppier side of yeah. things and you know you have the consistent hooks and you know the song has a bridge to it which is not as common in these types of songs and so it's definitely constructed more like a modern pop song um but i still think like the 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 bandmates of the punch brothers are just phenomenal musicians as well i'm Um, sure they are um one song did you listen to the lighthouse's tale Um, by nickel creek yes i listen to all these songs okay Is, is that one you wanted to play so i this song uh it's an incredibly sad song. Um, yeah, one second. Let me let me start playing it. I am a 
So I'm going to talk over this while it's playing through a little bit of the song. Um, yeah. But this is like purely a storytelling and it's so mm-hmm. sad. So did you look up the lyrics to this at all? I did not, no. Um, but essentially the song goes through, it's sung from the perspective of a lighthouse that has you know this keeper in it. And it tells a story of how the keeper, the lighthouse keeper, the watch watch person, whatever you want to um, show has this girl who he loves. Hmm. And basically it tells the story of the keeper watching um, a ship carrying this girl coming towards him uh, crashes and sinks and the, and the girl dies. Oh my God. And basically, you know, the, the very end of the song uh, it's the lyrics, you know, then on the next day, my keeper found her washed upon the shore he kissed her whole face. He kissed her cold face. That they'd be together soon. He swore. Um, and basically, it, it, then the next stanza is him uh, climbing up to the top of the lighthouse and uh, running off the edge. Jesus. Um, so it's this really tragic. <laughs> it's it's a beautiful song, but it's right. a really tragic. This is like the, you know this this uh, love loss. And I'll try and find that spot in the song here. Yeah, here we go. Thanks, Adam. So, now so we're all your... super sad. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's a super... tough enough. God. <laughs> it is, it's a super sad song. It's yeah. beautiful. Totally. Um, and Nickel Creek, the artist is, um, or the, the band itself, mm. it's three uh, singers and they've since disbanded and kind of they've gotten back together again for certain concerts and such. Yeah. Um, but it's Chris Thiele, who, like I said, for heads up the punch brothers, uh, currently hosts uh, a Prairie home companion on NPR. Mm-hmm. And then Sarah and Sean Watkins, who are siblings. And then Sean has gone off and done, done his own thing. Sarah Watkins is a member of uh, the group. I'm with her. Gotcha. Uh, which is a, which is a, a band formed, yeah, mid to mid two thousand tens. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Twenty fourteen uh, Telluride Bluegrass Festival. Cool. Um, and basically, it was these these three women. So Sarah Watkins, uh, Afia Donovan, and Sarah Yaros, mm-hmm. uh, who they, they had an opening in the lineup at the Telluride Bluegrass Festival, and they they were like, "Hey, can you all just like." perform together and they're like sure why not because i think they'd all you know bit interacted with each other and beforehand and they uh uh then they people love them and they just started writing songs together and so they have a couple albums out they've toured with the punch brothers cool um, but just really neat once again kind of evolution of how uh like no one brought them like a bunch of producers didn't bring them together a big music label didn't say like oh you need to be featured on the album they literally were just like standing or not standing around but they said you know hey would you all like want to perform together and they did it for the love of the music yeah if you will totally yeah nice just how we do it for the love of the pod (laughs) 
Although it was requested by many people that you and I do a podcast. Dan. Oh yeah, and music producers and Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> Spotify was like the future of our the future of our financial performance depends on passion fruits. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're actually. Or, or or at that time it was just the Daniel and Adam project. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. We're definitely bigger than the last podcast on the Left Network. Um, nice. Um, any other songs that you wanted to call out on that? playlist um no i think you kind of hit uh we kind of hit the highlights i did enjoy the entire playlist and kind of enjoyed more of the twangy country songs and some of the more modern songs but i mean it was it's kind of funny going or going seeing the modern versions of bluegrass and country kind of permeate our culture because i mean after you and of course i'm aware of mum i like mumford and sons and listen to mumford and sons but like you know, after you made this playlist, like listening to Mumford and Sons cover Simon and Garfunkel, I then heard Mumford and Sons, one of their songs in the grocery store. It's just like, yep, they're everywhere now. And it's like kind of um, making bluegrass, that kind of pop bluegrass into uh, modern culture and our yeah. culture. And just you hear Mumford and Sons in the grocery store. Yeah. So. Oh, one one thing before we before we oh, wrap this up. Yeah. Um, so there, I, I think well, I want to play one more song, um, "Attaboy" by Stuart Duncan, and it yes. was the Goat Rodeo Sessions. Um, so this is as we as we kind of wrap up the conversation. It's a good example of how different people from different genres of music come together, and kind of, once again that broader audience that it's that this type of music is being addressed to, and then. You know, that's it's also exemplified with like Alison Cross doing songs with Robert Plant. And mm -hmm. once again, these crossovers between more contemporary musicians and playing contemporary music. I feel like I'm, I feel like we're on like a Christian music channel right now. We are. Contemporary. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this song, Attaboy, is the first song off of an album called Goat Radio Sessions, where it's Stuart Duncan. It's uh, uh, Stuart Duncan, Edgar Meyer. Uh, Chris Thiele and Yo-Yo Ma, mm. who was kind of the guest on here. Cool. And it's just, oof, it's a, it's a, uh, and it's all acoustic at this point in time. That's a great song. I didn't realize that was Yo-Yo Ma yeah. um, on the so, Chilla. It was an album put out in 2011. Um, and it actually, I just looked it up. It won the 2013 Grammy for the Best Folk Album and God, Grammy for the Best Album. that hardware. I, no, <laughs> that hardware, yo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Adam just want, this is Adam's petition to get a Grammy, an Oscar, a Tony, uh, and a, an Emmy. <laughs> It's like I listen to all these songs. I deserve all of these awards. 
<laughs> I saw the movie, okay? I deserve an Oscar too. <laughs> it was one of the best performances of my life, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm definitely I'm I'm gonna check out um this is wanting me to check out the I'm with her stuff and yeah. also listen to more of goat rodeo sessions. The the goat rodeo sessions I would for you and all our listeners, I would highly recommend listening to the whole album. And nice. it it's uh they they bring in different um uh kind of vocalists at times. It's primarily an acoustic album. Mm. Um but they're like here in heaven they bring in Afia Donovan who is actually in uh I'm with her with gotcha. a lot of different kind of neat uh, combinations and once again mm. you it, it, in my opinion it's kind of like a super group of, of classic and folk artists if you will nice cool yeah well thank Anyways. you so much adam this yeah, was fun thank, yeah so for all of our listeners all our billions of listeners mm-hmm. uh, of course thank you for throwing it in there i think one thing that we at least from my perspective is i, I think that this type of music this genre is a beautiful genre of music mm. and wildly underappreciated for the amount of talent and dedication. And I think I put it in the, in the, uh, the outline, but I, for a lot of these people, I'd say that, you know, a lot of these are doing it for the love of music and the love of their instrument and the love, and the love of their, their songwriting is truly an artistry. Like I can't imagine that many, if any of these artists are out there saying like, oh yeah, like I want to win Grammys. I want to seek mm. fame and fortune. It, it it makes me a little bit sad for the state of modern country music mm. and then just how commercialized a lot of other, a, a lot of other music genres have become lately. And I mean, maybe they're making a ton from those concerts, but. Well, I think that's the, other, you know, with, uh, like it's hard to get tickets to an Allison Cross concert. They're sold yep. out very quickly. Damn. Um, you know, some of the younger ones kind of coming up like Sierra Hall, like she's a phenomenal artist, but once again, really hard to get tickets. But it brings me back to Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Where it's really put it into this genre of music, put it into pop culture more than yeah. just regular kind of uh, American culture, but just pop culture uh, at that. And so I think that, I think that's phenomenal for this type of music where yes, you can be, your music can be featured on, uh, an award-winning movie on an award-winning soundtrack. And you be, I hate to say this phrase, but like taken seriously Hmm. as like a, as a force within the music industry. Right. Um, as opposed to like, Oh, you, you play folk music. That's cute. You know, put your guitar case out and gather some, you know, go busk on this, on the sidewalk. Yeah, totally. Nice. Anyways. Thanks, Adam. I yeah. greatly enjoyed the playlist and I appreciate kind of this look into you getting into Americana and folk music and we'll look forward to getting those going further into it and since we're doing a multi-part series on Americana and folk music and yeah. us discovering more. Yeah. And listeners, if you have, uh, and undoubtedly you all, especially on YouTube, have a lot of opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I finally um, put our most recent episode up on YouTube. I've like really fallen down on the job on putting shit on YouTube because it fucking sucks. <laughs> um, but, you know, tell us about some of your favorite yeah. songs, uh, songs, groups, you know, singer, songwriter, uh, that, that type of people. Because if we, you know, it's one of those things where, 
I have always said, and I try really, really hard not to judge people based on their musical taste, because I think that music is meant for people to feel something. And as long as you're feeling something, then that music, regardless as to how, how good or bad I perceive that music to be, as long as it's making another person feel something, then it's, then it's important and it's good. Um, uh, So, but yeah, tell, tell us what makes, you know, we either draw you or what makes what, you feel what, something? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back at it. Cool. Well, thank you, Adam. Shall we hop into recommendations? Sure thing, homie. Okay. So last time, Liz, our two great guests, we had Liz and Lauren on, of course. Our guest, Liz, recommended the YouTube channel Mad Fit. Did you check that out? I did. I did one of the stretching routines. Oh, nice. I checked yeah. it out as well. I need to do one of the stretching routines because, as I said last episode, I'm not flexible at all. <laughs> it's an excellent stretching routine, Liz. Thank you for the suggestion. Nice. Uh, I'm also incredibly inflexible. <laughs> <laughs> but that's mostly like a mental state kind of thing. So Yes. <laughs> um, and then Lauren suggested uh, paint-by-numbers kits. I have not ordered one, but we also have a lot of arts and crafts in our house, so... I will probably, um, I've done some sketching recently, so. Oh, cool. Yeah. What about you, Adam? Did you uh, paint I, by I, numbers? I did not uh, because I'm afraid about getting into another hobby right now. Oh, yeah. I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you said, oh. It is, it is an excellent idea, and I did look, look some of them, and they're pretty reasonable, so. Yeah, totally. Um, and then, Adam, you suggested the book and the movie A Walk in the Woods, and the book and the movie into thin air. <laughs> mm-hmm. I so I had read A Walk in the Woods a while back because um, yeah. my my dad is a big Bill Bryson fan and um, he has most of his books. I really enjoy A Walk in the Woods. I do remember trying to read Into Thin Air maybe in like high school, like early high school, mm-hmm. and just the just the style of writing just wasn't for me at that time. Yeah, maybe I will try it again at some point and pick it back up. Um, I, I almost, uh, equate crack hour. Like he isn't the best writer. Mm-hmm. He's a very good storyteller. Gotcha. Um, and I, this is going to be a, a horrible, my analogies are terrible these days, but Aww. it's similar to like, um, like kind of mystery thriller type books like Tom Clancy. Tom Clancy is an excellent, excellent storyteller. He's a terrible writer. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so I, that, that's how I would equate it. But it, one, especially once you get past the first uh, chapter or two, it just really starts to, to bring you in. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually would not recommend watching the movie because it's a pretty terrible movie. No, I know that was the joke. <laughs> because <laughs> You mentioned the movie last time, but <laughs> I, I'll only watch the movie, Adam. Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, whoa. Okay. <laughs> and then I recommended to you, well, so, too many things. I'm so sorry. But I recommended to you the latest uh, app, uh, the latest album from Fiona Apple, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Yep. I did, did you listen, listen to that. What'd you think? It, it's a little bit out there. It's good. Um, I like it so much. It, it, it's, it's a, I need a few more listens to kind of get in get into it because i've been listening the other thing too is i have been listening to a lot of these uh while i'm working and it's hard because i just get just dist- get distracted yeah um by work <laughs> how dare you um and uh you also recommended omens by elder yeah right? but did you listen to that i did listen to that <laughs> i need a few more listens to that as well 
It's uh, so good. It's so much different than their. It's very similar to their album that came out in 2017, but the album that I recommended to you a while back is it's miles ahead of that, and so kind of psychedelic versus kind of stoner rock. Um, yeah, it, I'm surprised that you actually listened to it and seemed to want to listen to it again. So. I'm I'm trying to have a more open mind, Daniel. <laughs> I know that you've only been going back and forth between Lamb of God sing- singles, which sounds maddening. <laughs> <But> <laughs> maddening? You I mean, mean, awesome. Well, yeah, sorry. That's what I mean by maddening. Um, and last one, I recommended you listen to the Have Not Seen This podcast. Did you check um, that out? I have not, but it is on my queue because I want to listen to your. Uh, uh, I want to listen to your episode. Uh, I'm just trying to get that other podcast host more listened. (laughs) That's what it's all about, bro. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, check out, I mean, check out the episode I was on, but also check out the uh, whole podcast. It's a very good one. What would you like to recommend this time around? Oh boy, let me think. Okay. So one of the recommendations that I actually wanted to recommend last time, but I forgot about it. Um, So our good friend and guest and friend of the podcast, Mark Nauta, his um, he was just the lead designer and just came out with a new video game, XCOM Chimera Squad. Um, so while we were recording our episode, of course, he was being secretive and was the lead designer on this new Firaxis video game, XCOM Chimera Squad. And it is an XCOM game, but it's extremely different than XCOM Enemy Unknown and XCOM 2 in that You have set characters rather than set classes, but each character has their own class. Mm -hmm. And then rather than uh, turns based on your turns and then enemy turns, it's actually kind of like initiative order in Dungeons and Dragons. So you can go and then enemies will go or you'll go several times and then enemies will go several times. But yeah, it's really cool. I highly recommend it. and it's a much smaller scope. You're basically like a police squad in a city. So rather than like a whole worldwide kind of uh, save the world type scenario, it's just kind of like focused on this one city and you completing missions to like make sure the um, enemies don't take over. It's really cool. I highly recommend it. Um, and I would really like Mark to come back on for even just like a short catch up episode to talk about his work as lead designer on XCOM Chimera Squad. Yeah, totally. Um, and then one more actual video game um, related to XCOM. So, Adam, did you know that there's, I know you have X, Xbox Game Pass on Xbox, and I know you got the sweet new computer that can run some games. Did you know there's Xbox Game Pass for PC? I did not. Okay. There's a new Gears of War game called Gears of War Tactics that's basically Gears of War but XCOM style. Like Um, a strategy game that's only on PC and it is awesome. I played a couple hours played a couple hours the other night because it just came out on Friday or just came out like a week ago. Gears of War Tactics video game is really cool um, and the changes they do uh, based on the XCOM style of gameplay is a lot of fun. Um, So yes, two video games to play. Uh, XCOM, Chimera Squad, and then Gears of War Tactics. Hmm. All right. I shall check that out, sir. So you're going to hate me for this. Um, <laughs> so you know all the talk about the murder hornets that have come into the U.S.? Yes. There is a, uh, 
uh, YouTube doc. Uh, <laughs> I know you're not going to watch this, but I need to recommend it for the good of our listeners. Go ahead. If you will. Um, it's a, it's a brave wilderness is the, it's a channel and the host is Coyote Peterson. Yes, it's a stupid name. Um, he's a little bit ridiculous, but he has a he has a, a video that he did a year and a half ago getting stung by one of these things. And it's nuts. Like he goes through like the whole uh, scale of like the, the, the most painful stings in the world and like finds he's like hornets and centipedes and like bullet ants and stuff. <laughs> It's ridiculous, but it's Christ. fascinating. It's fascinating to watch too. I'm sure. I'll check <laughs> it out. I, I would just just the murder hornet one is is interesting. Let's see. The other ones is a band called Esoterica, mm-hmm. and there's a song called "In Dreams" that came off of it's, it's their new album "In Dreams." It just came out, uh, but it's this very uh, ethereal type metal music that cool. you may like. Uh, cool. So yeah, I, I'd recommend at least listen to the song in dreams. I like it. So dope. I'll check it out. Yeah. Anyways. Cool. Thanks man. Yeah. For show. Um, and thank you listeners for checking out this episode and we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you can communicate and interact and interface with us on all social media platforms on oh, yeah. Twitter at passion fruits p2 that's our twitter nice yes on instagram at passion fruits podcast uh facebook at uh search for passion fruits podcast and you'll find us uh and you can email us at passion fruits podcast at gmail.com we also have a blog which um we'll have stuff on soon and yeah kind of just you know staying relevant staying relevant in this crazy world that we live in uh so yeah thank you guys for listening adam anything else uh nope that should do it for me (laughs) get home safely all right